Well, team, it looks like some of the media out there was kind of talking about some kind of story about pausing the hike rates, of course, slowing down the hike rates. Some other media, we're not going to mention who, might have been right here, but was at least giving you both sides of the coin, giving you the outlook that I think investors need out there to stay in the informational edge. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Let's get it started, investors. We got a lot to talk about. Of course, we'll talk about the FOMC meeting, and then we'll get into Roku earnings. We got Qualcomm, Moderna, Robinhood, and of course, Peloton, a Joel favorite. I know that you guys are going to be excited to talk about that. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. It's time to rise and shine. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, let's get it started. I'm used to having Joel Conan already on. Let me get my man on here so that we can take a look at the charts and the overnight action. And Dennis, hold the rant. I know you're ready to okay. pop off. But let's get Holding. into the futures. What happened Holding overnight, power. Joel? And then I'm getting ready. I got, I even got some videos today. Did We're some props, huh? Yeah, nice job there, Mitch. Uh, well, just got some follow through after uh, yesterday's shellacking. We'll talk about the price action in a few minutes. Down 27 and a quarter handles at 37.4150. Uh, we just nicked our eight day low at 36.50. So mm, only seven points off that 35 and a quarter low. The buck comes roaring back up a buck 67 at 112.90. TLT, it was green for a couple days. We don't know why. Hmm. Now it's down, down a buck fifteen and ninety-five twenty. Uh, crude getting hit a little bit too, down almost a buck at eighty-nine. Not good for gold, down twenty-seven eighty at sixteen twenty-two ten. Silver back under nineteen, down sixty-eight cents at eighteen ninety-one. Bitcoin following suit down $145 at 20120 And uh, Ethereum is slipping as well, down $6 at $15,3150. Well, uh, Triple D, I mean, the market wanted you to think that they were easing. They fell for the 2 o'clock comments that the market was easing. Or the Fed was even pumping pile, man. He came in. He set the record straight, and there were no bids to be found. Yeah, well, he did. Mitch, tell us about – you've got some clips for us before I go into my rant. I'm going to hand it over to Money Mitch so he can lay it all out. I'm going to walk us through it, and then Dennis is going to jump in in between. All right? So the first (laughs) thing we're going to do is give what the bulls were looking for, right? The bulls kept talking about a slowing down of the pace of the hikes, right? And especially they were pointing towards December and further out. Now you did get some kind of mention in the speech. So I will give you that right here. It's, it's, um, it is very premature to be thinking about pausing. So people- Oh, wrong one, wrong one, Mitch, come on. I've said it the last two press conferences that that at some point it will become appropriate to slow the pace of, of, uh, of increases. So that time is coming. And it may come as soon as the next meeting or the one after that. No decision has been made. Uh, it is likely we'll have a discussion about this at the next meeting, a discussion. Um, discussion. To be clear, I, let me say again, the question of, of when to moderate the pace of increases is now much less important than the question of how high to raise rates and how, how long to keep monetary policy restricted, which really will be our principal focus. Well, there you guys see the the principal focus, right? And shortly afterwards, of course, then the bearish comments came in. The dovish came in here. And uh, it wasn't dovish. It was actually the opposite. It was the hawkish, right? The hawk came in. uh, Pumping pow became dumping pow. This is when we cut through the 382 (laughs) mark. And here you guys see the comments right after that. It's... um... 
it is very premature to be thinking about pausing. So people, when they hear lags, they think about, about a pause. It's very premature, in my view, to, to, to think about or be talking about pausing our rate hike. We, we, have, we have a ways to go. Our policy, we need ongoing rate hikes to get to, um, to, to that level of, of sufficiently uh, restrictive. And we, we don't, of course, we don't really know exactly where that is. We have a sense and we'll write down in September, sorry, in the December meeting, a new, a new uh, summary of economic projections, which updates that. But I would expect us to continue to update it based on what we're seeing with incoming data. Well, there you guys see it. And those were the comments that definitely caught my attention. What caught your attention, Dennis? Uh, you've got the two major clips. I mean, obviously the statement, if we go actually to the official statement, there was that talk about, you know, at some point in time, we're going to have to think about, you know, slowing the rate of increases. And the market just saw green light go and they started ripping stocks on that. Um, and you can look and you, Joel, you should be showing the spy chart as we talk about this. This is where you, where, you know, when they saw that commentary, they're like, oh my gosh, there is a pivot. The right Fed here. is pivoting. The Fed is pivoting. And they bought the spy from about 283 up the algos, the algos, we should say, bought the yeah, spy from 283 up to 288. We rallied about 50 handles right in that time period. Um, yeah, Joel's trying to show the actual right clock. Yeah, so if you go to two o'clock, where it would have came out, and you can see this, the you know the, the coming up, 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 kept buying it, buying it, buying it, and then this chart's no good, Joel. What is this chart? What is this one? You're looking, and you know, that's not the chart. You're looking the wrong day. They're on October twenty eighth. Oh, I went back too far here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, that's nothing. That's not it. There. Okay, there you go. So you can see the big spike up around two o'clock. Al goes green light go. We've got a pivot. We've got a green light. Buy all stocks. Green light go. That's what really happened because they were saying at some point in time that you know that's slowing that rate of increases. The algos saw that as a pivot. They read that absolutely wrong. They read that really wrong. Yeah. And uh, obviously during the press conference, during the questions, Powell clarified that statement and he wanted to make sure that nobody read it as a pivot and he clearly said with this premature thing that mitch just said and then it was red light sell and the algos that all bought that got absolutely handed it anybody who bought it on that got hurt really bad here and now we're looking at a straight 160 point sell-off on the s p in basically that two-hour session plus what Lash. we've seen in the after hours. A 160-point straight sell-off will make bag holders everywhere. There's even market makers that get caught in that kind of stuff because it's hard for them to wiggle out. It was too heavy. It was a very heavy sell-off. What does that mean? It means you've got now huge overhead supply from just yesterday as well. I mean, this is what the market does. It you know goes up, then it suckers more people in, and then comes down. This is what this all of 2022 has been about. So I mean, you go and even even look. You know, we should go, go look at GameStop, for instance. It's a good example of you know just suckering people in. So you know, we see it, and you know, I even tweeted about it. I was like, wow, that GameStop's impressive. Somebody had mentioned in the chat three days ago. Stock goes from 28 to 35. Well, you have people chasing that move and saying, yep, this is the time. And they're buying at 33, at 34, and 35. And that actually, that spike is what the stock needs to go lower. And that's because you're creating new bag holders and new sellers and new fear. The old bag holders are comfortable. The new bag holders are not. So in order for bear markets to continue, you need these vicious bull market spikes to create new short-term bag holders to get more selling pressure to start it off again. So that's what we saw yesterday was the suckers rally, the suckers rally on the two o'clock FOMC meeting. Everybody who bought that was a sucker. Everybody who bought calls ahead of time wasn't listening to pre-market prep because we were very concerned that Powell would stay as hawkish as ever. And we were absolutely correct. If you rewind the tape to yesterday, what I said was if I had any trades on from the long side, I would be selling them before that Fed meeting. Obviously, we had a little spike after, so you got a little bit of bonus money. But now you're looking at it, and now you're looking at giving back over half of the gains from the impressive 
two and a half week rally that we've had since the CPI. Actually, it's three week rally we had. In one day, we give half of it back. One day. That is impressive. That's how this market is. And I think that uh, the hopium was coming in. And I feel that's why I was asking even guests, was it hopium or optimism? I feel like it was definitely more on the hopium uh, that everybody was just, uh, again, just trying to call the bottom. I know that the charts have been bottoming and you're getting a rally, but we're going to wait. We need to see it either, either the data turn or the Fed turn. Those are the two things. Well, you're going to need happening. the data. You're going to need that. You're going to need the data yep. to turn for the Fed to turn. Yep. And uh, when uh, what Todd mentioned yesterday about four thousand, uh, you know, in in the S and P, I just meant, and I said this area just scared me. I mean, it was a triple top after you came down after the CPI. And I was like, first things first, man, you got to get through this area. And we kissed it on Friday, kind of flirted with it, got into the 3,900 handle yesterday. Uh, but you guys are the, you know how I used to call him uh, Pumpin' Powell, right? Because he's yeah. not pumping anymore. I got a new nickname for him. What do you got? And I am revealing it here first on pre-market prep. You guys, you guys have not heard it. I'm going to start with a letter, and then you guys are going to guess the next letter. It's going to be like, uh, uh, like Jeopardy. Okay, first letter, K. Anyone I guess the the next letter? Dennis it, is it, just it's, our telling us. His, it, I'll buy a vowel. E. Oh, you want to buy a vowel? What vowel? E. No. Ding. Oh, I got to pass it to Dennis now. Dennis, you want to buy a vowel? I'm going to do an L. <laughs> that's a vowel, Dennis. A vowel. That's not no, a vowel. I don't have any money to buy a vowel, Joel. I haven't got any. You never watched Wheel of Fortune. I haven't got one right yet. I don't have any money to buy a vowel, so I got to do a constant. A money mix. An L. I always have money. Come an on. L. <laughs> Is there an L? I'm All right, I'll go money. with the chat. It's a yes or no. Is there an L? I'm just is saying, there is there an L? An L? Someone already work. got it. Someone's so far ahead of you. Someone already got it. I was chat. going. Kapow! 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 I get it. Kapow! I get it. I said, pow, pow, the market. No, you got to make it short. You got, I like you gotta, that, Joel. Joel, you come up with good stuff. Kapow. Yeah, uh, you, you gotta you gotta make it, you know, a uh, couple syllables. You know, pump and pow was too long, but right there, baby. Kapow. American <laughs> got kapowled. It's now a verb. We just created a verb on this show. And if and, and you know what? Kramer will claim that he made this up on his show yeah, yeah, two definitely. days from now. You know the truth. It was Joel Alconan made up Kapow because they will start using that on CNBC They'll take probably it, after today because we know that they like to watch, the producers like to watch our show and get their content for their show off of our show. So uh, Jason Razdick has confirmed that in the past. So Kapow is made up on this show. It'll show up on CNBC later today. All right, but let's uh, let's also this let's get back to the technicals here real quick. And I mean, are we going to get back this whole move now? I mean, is I that don't think is, so? No. What but, do you okay, think? Okay, so I was saying fifty percent. We did haven't hit the fifty percent retracement on the spy on the cues. We absolutely just took it out. So I was looking at the cues that we gave back half the move because the cues just blew through it. But the cues were not nearly as strong because we know Mega Tech Cap has been a wreck. So what's the fifty percent retracement on the spy? Let's go to the S&P. Do your 50% retracement okay. tool of the recent move, Joel. Not the overall move, but from the low on CPI day of yep. October the 13th to the high of two days ago when, you know, you knew the good, you know, the getting should be getting out soon. So you can see. I, 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 I got to get the, I'm going to use the tool, but I, I got to get the exact twice. number. I got to get the exact number. So we failed know. perfectly at the 50% retracement of the old move, taking the highs from August to the lows in October. We actually oh. just failed at the 50% retracement, which is this market has been full of 50% retracement fails. That's why we love that tool. Page four on our future book. But I mean, now I'm looking at the 50% retracement of the recent move. 30, so 37.15. It's about. Where are you it's doing? You're doing it on the bottom right chart? Uh, right? Well, no, 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 I just did it on the calculator. All right, let's oh, get a. Re 
Yeah, get rid of that me. and do it with your cool tool so we can see it. So get rid of that 50% retracement. There you go. Okay. All right, we'll get rid of this one. Okay, so we're right there. We're not yeah, far. Yeah, 37.15. Yep. 37.15. Yep. So we're coming. We're coming at it. They're coming at it. Yep. They're coming at it. Yep. And they're coming at it hard. And Probably going to test it today. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Probably going to cut through it and put a big I, old. I, I don't there. think it'll go straight <laughs> through it, Mitch, because you've got money managers that are still like, oh, well, yeah, they'll they'll reparse that statement and say, well, yeah, Powell's got to talk tough, but the statement wasn't that tough. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you do see some buy the dip mentality come in for a day, day yeah, or two. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me. The Bears have not won. It's still, you know, full battleground. Titanic's still bobbing up and down. But now, you know, if you were bullish stocks and you needed to be in stocks, you got a 50% retracement you're going to be testing here potentially today. So you do have a level. That level equivalent on SPY, Joel, would be about... Someone did it. 369.12, I think. They already put it in 369.12. Yeah. Okay, ML, yeah. thank you very much. So about 30 points yeah. lower than we are right yep. now. We're coming at it. We're coming yep. at it. We're not quite there yet. So 369, I'd say, yeah, maybe for a trade, maybe that's a net logical bounce here. Because we don't go straight down. You know, you, you're going to have 200 points to get to that 369 level in basically one day. <laughs> so 200 S&P points. So, one day, 50 minutes, Dennis. Yeah, 50 uh, minutes. Yeah, yeah. The, most of the yeah. damage was... Uh, was done an hour now. I what what I think kind of got the people that were listening to the early uh, the early commentary is they said, and this is something that Blue, my boy Blue, is coming on tomorrow, and he's also hey, coming Blue. on next week. He said it. Hey, that is, he told us this a while ago. It takes a while for for the interest rates to you know for the increases to filter through the system. And he, and I wish we could find that clip. I, that was probably, what's this? Uh, this is November. It might have been like June or July when, right. when he said that. So I think when they said that, you know, they're like, oh, we've done a lot of damage right now. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens. I think that's where some of the positivity came from. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if you if you want to have the content, if you want to have this 50 percent retracement, if you feel like you list, missed the move, here's your opportunity. Lots to think about, lots to digest. But what I'm just going to go back to is in this market, it is very important if you are bullish not to chase. And people who were chasing yesterday punished severely for that, rightfully so. So let's move away from Fed talk. Let's yep. move to earnings because we got lots of information here. You could kind of feel that there was going to be some, you know, pops, early pops, and they'd probably get met with willing sellers because of what happened with the Fed yesterday. But, uh, Mitch, where do you want to start? There's like, a, I feel like a thousand Go companies I've reported uh, between last night and this morning, but I know it's not that many, but got to be 500. Bad Go data report. Easy, easy short report uh, that I was looking at yesterday at, at the close. I said, you know what? I'm looking for some easy shorts tonight. Eh, Roku shorts. looks like an easy oh. short here. And I said that yeah. yesterday at, at the close because it was just a bad day to report, really. Yeah. And especially if you're going to put not a great report, right? So let's talk about their numbers here. Uh, their sales coming in at 761.4 million, beating the 702.32 million estimate. They did say their CFO is leaving sales. Um, they see Q4 sales at 800 million versus 895.22 million estimate. They saw player revenue was at 91 million in the third quarter, down 7% year over year. They also expect macro environment to further pressure consumer, uh, consumer discretionary spend and degrade advertising budgets. This is where I think you really started seeing them get hit. Comments like that. Uh, Roku plans to grow and diversify the launch of a new smart home products as they announced last month, uh, Roku will offer cameras, video doorbells that come with subscription plans and could add reoccurring revenue to the company. This is what they're kind of hoping for, some growth into the next quarter. Um, we believe the strong growth in the scale and engagement of our platform combined with the continued consumer shift to TV streaming positions as well when the ad market improves. Lots of thoughts here. I got down and dirty in it and I screwed this trade right up. I was just playing around and I had it in my head that they're going to 
if this thing pops at all, it's going to get faded fast. And I was absolutely correct. I shorted this thing at 58, which was up three and a half bucks from the close, but I was too early because then it was like 58 and then it was like 60 and 61 in my face. You know, I jumped in too early and I was like, come on. And then it just like, and then they, I, so the algos bought it up to like 61 and change and I was short of 58. So I'm down three bucks, like in like three seconds. I was like, that was stupid. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to fade something that literally is just, you know, you know, a kind of a little bit of a coin flip. I'm like, no. and then the guidance came out and then the thing puked, but, um, but I covered, so I didn't lose anything on it. It actually went 58, 59, 60, 61 and change. I was like, are you kidding me? And then it just pulled right back in and I was able to get out just, just basically scratched. And then literally the thing just kept falling. And I'm like, I just got shooken out of my awesome short. I knew it. You'll see, even after 22 years of experience, you can get shaken out. I got shaken out. And as soon as I was covering, I was like, don't cover it. Don't cover it. And I do. I just did. And boom. Then it was 54, 52, 50, 48. I was like, I screwed that trade up. I was absolutely right with the call. They would sell the rip on that. They did. But I got shooken out because I was too early on the trade. Timing is everything. So I was ticked off at myself. But um, anyways. Tough. Roku, it's tough. It's tough. because It's you... tough when you're trading those headlines against the algos. You know, it and would, we can say hindsight capital, even if you're trading the Fed, it'd be the same thing. You're like, okay, this is stupid. You know, Powell's going to be, you know, Powell's going to be hawkish on the conference call. And he was, but I mean, you took like a half an hour, 45 minutes of heat before that happened. So anyways, you know, we all get shaken out of trades every once in a while. I got shaken out of that one, disappointed that I was absolutely right with my call and I didn't make money. So down $43 here now, what a rug pull. Roku, the one-trick pony that it is. Um, we've hated the stock on this show, I feel like, forever. I've called it TiVo. I've called it TiVo since 400, 300, 200, 100. Truthfully, I called it TiVo when it was going up, too. So I should yeah, say yeah, we, I was yeah. wrong on the way up in 2020. I was absolutely right in the long run here, though. This is TiVo Part 2. That's why they're talking about you know trying to get another products because they don't want to be TiVo Part 2. They need to come up with another product. They don't want to be the next GoPro. They don't want to be the next TiVo. They want to come up with other stuff. They need to find those products that have traction so that they don't become that next product. I will say guilty until proven innocent. One trick pony. Obviously, you know, they have the thing that gets you the smart, gets you the streaming, but there's lots of TVs. I have Roku's built in them, but I have other things built in them as well. I bought two new TVs for my house. I do not need Roku's for them. They are already built in and they're with their own smart technology. So, I mean, that writing is on the wall. All the new TVs have it built in. Uh, Dennis, this is a two-minute chart. So this is this is 58. It all happened. In, yeah. And that's... you can see where I it paused. <laughs> So you're right, right there, Joel, because I'm I'm tape reading it, right? And yep. it's going up, 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 and then 58 is kind of like a stall. And I'm like, oh, it's pausing here. So I'm <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, it's a logical spot for it to, to turn to because I grabbed an old high there, which was 58, it was 59 from yesterday. You know, I was thinking 58, 59. And then she just blew through it on the next candle. I'm like, come on, I'm wrong. And then you second guess everything that you were just thinking. And that's what goes through, you know, when you're taking the heat. I'm like, I got to. I'm going to have to cover this. I'm going to have to eat this. You know, I can't just let it blow against me. And even in that thought process, it was so fast. It was 61. It was coming out of 59, 58. I was like, okay, I'm, it's blown through, you know, and now it's just too choppy. I'm going to have to cover. And then just, you know, they pulled the rug out. And it was so fun. you probably went, went, to... Went, to, we went to the bathroom, you know, for two <laughs> minutes. I would have came back and had a 10-point winner. So. <laughs> you probably went to buy it at like 59 and got done at 58. Kind of. You know? Yeah, I think did, did so, you? Joel. I, I probably did. I never even looked. And then, and then you know you're wrong. Yeah. You, are, you knew you were right. You were right I probably got that. price improvement on that. Yeah. Uh, it's. T I mean, those kind of moves are tough. tough. And, and you got to trade it with smaller size than you're used to. So with small size. Because when you're talking trading headline numbers, you don't trade them with full-size positions because you get shaken out of everything. I mean, mm -hmm. the money is just too much. So if I'm trading in earnings and I want to be a hero, it's kind of a fun trade. You're trying to be a hero. I do like a quarter-size normal position, maybe a half-size position, tops. Because otherwise, you know, you won't be able to hold as well because the volatility is just too incredible. So when you're trading earnings, got to go smaller size. All right. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Let's... I mean, it's just hanging here. I'll give you the pre-market low. I mean, of uh, 
at 41.15 and really not there much on the monthlies. It's kind of holding steady here. I mean, and not saying I would just keep an eye on the on the pre-market low. It's probably gonna be like nearly impossible like to catch the actual bottom in this one. So if you want to do some buying and you want to do some short covering, I you know, I think you just have to layer it, you know, with the more size, you know, like let's say you were short five thousand. I'm not saying I am or any else is, you know, you put five hundred out at forty-three, you know, maybe six hundred out at forty-two and a half, seven hundred if because it, it's it's going to be impossible. I mean, there's no technical level. I mean, you know, if the pre-market low holds, then, you know, they can rip this thing, you know, a little bit. But uh, I don't, I mean, we never like to stock. The next monthly low is, uh, if you want to go to it, is like way down. Let's see. Well, it's below that low. The next monthly low comes in at 29.29. So that's not going to do you any good. I predict it won't get to 29.29 today. Uh, but bad data report too. That was uh, yeah, the first sure. thing that Mitch mentioned. Just a horrible data report. I mean, you no chance. All right, what about Qualcomm? That's it wasn't a even. Too. It, it just it and the and the guidance can't. You know, when they're lowering guidance, I mean, you get you get hit every time when you lower. They're guidance. giving you the insight too, right? The advertising game, right? That's where they're really getting hit. What a tough game. Advertising what a tough budgets. game to go into, yeah. right? Yeah. Advertising right now. Declining, you know, yeah, declining uh, spending on it. You're going after it now. Tough environment, man. Yeah. All right, let's go to Qualcomm here. Q4 EPS at $3.13 came in line with estimate sales at $11.39 billion, beating the $11.37 billion estimate. Qualcomm, given the uncertainty caused by the macroeconomic environment, we're updating our guidance for the calendar year of 2022. 3G, 4G, 5G handset volumes for year-over-year mid-single-digit percentage decline to a low double-digit percentage decline. So what they're letting you know there is that they're definitely seeing uh, handset volumes going down. And so, of course, they know this because of their chips in the headsets, right, Um, and the handsets. So I think now you need to go ahead and keep watch to see what happens, of course, from – Will we ever get news from iPhones, right? I think this is what they're kind of hinting towards, but they didn't want to go ahead and say about the iPhone there. Adjusted EPS at $2.25 to $2.45 versus a $3.42 estimate. So you can see there, Q1, they're really starting to call for declines. Also in their sales, they have a high end on their sales of Q1 at $10 billion. When it was at 12.02 billion estimate. So they're seeing the slowdown also. It's hitting everything, the slowdown. Qualcomm is a value stock. <clears throat> PE is like nine on this thing. I own this in the long term portfolio. I ha- bought it back. Sean Udall picked back in 2020, around 60 bucks. I sold half of it at 125 when it doubled because then I'm like, I'm, I'm always playing with the house's money on that thing now. Um, still got the half. If this comes down under a hundred bucks, I think you maybe, you know, I, I honestly think this is the kind of stock you want to be buying on the pullback. So there's a lot of stocks that, you know, are higher valuations and low nosebleed multiples. This is not one of them. I do think eventually they'll be buyers in Qualcomm. It's hard to buy when stocks are making new lows though. So maybe you want to <laughs> wait for it to stabilize. I mean, we're going to take out, it looks like the lows in the move. If for whatever reason, 104 can hold which is the low of the move, that would be a good sign, but it's got to get back up over there before we open in the next hour. Uh, but I think Qualcomm's kind of stock that people will buy on the pullback. Uh, the the weeklies aren't giving you anything, right? Uh, the, I, you know, the weekly, monthlies, nothing under 100. But yeah, use that use that 104.66. Uh, that was your high in mid-October. So it's resistance for now. Uh, 100 psychological level two. Uh, but Qualcomm is you know it's a fairly thick stock and boy boy someone had the right idea here at 120 look at that 120 back on october 10th or or before the week of of october 10th and then all of last week and this week so i'll get interested when i can not exactly a formation like that because that's pretty rare 
But you got to see two, three, four lows, you know, from the big boys. Unless you're just taking a stab and you're willing to, you know, give it, you know, 8, 10, 12 points. But uh, pretty thick stock. And if the big boys are stepping up, it'll be, I think it'll be evident over the next couple of days. All right. We got to take over. We're going to go to RCL because this just broke a couple minutes ago. And it's interesting uh, earnings here. Bring it up here, Mitch. Um, they beat and right. they beat. But the guidance is not good at all. all right. Oh. Wasn't looking at this one right now, but I'll pull it up right now. This is just interesting because we've been talking about potential demand destruction here going forward. I don't know. I'm only seeing the number, but they're actually projecting out. And thanks, you know, uh, to Super SPAC man in the chat there who just made a show. Because when you're doing a live show, that's why we love the chat. They're letting us know what else is breaking too. Um, this is not good. They're, sh they're looking at Q4 to lose a dollar thirty to a dollar fifty. I mean, these cruise lines had turned around and were, you know, all making money. Why are they all of a sudden going, you know, red here again, uh, heavy on a quarter? I don't know if that means it's a one-time thing they're, they're projecting out here or if they're actually seeing, you know, some demand destruction here happening. All right. So uh, Royal Caribbean Cruises coming in at Q3 EPS at 26 cents, beating the 19 cent estimate sales at 2.99 billion, beating the 2.97 billion estimate. Uh, they see Q4 adjusted EPS at a loss of $1.50 to a loss of a dollar 30 and so uh, that's definitely concerning there um do you see anything other than oh, yeah, that? i'm reading it i'm in there right now so for the fourth quarter of 2022 based on current currency exchange rates fuel rates and interest rates the company expects to generate total revenue of approximately 2.6 billion but adjusted ebitda of 350 to 400 million and an adjusted loss per share of a dollar 30 to a dollar 50. So here's the problem oh, what is interest rates. You know, we don't consider how leveraged these bloody companies are. I mean, we talk about interest rates killing demand, but the companies think about the ones that are really levered that all of a sudden have to pay higher rates on all those ships they own and all this other stuff. This for this isn't just killing their demand. It's going to kill them, too. I never even considered, you know, all the companies that, you know, are highly levered here right now. So yeah. I think this is an eye opener for me. You need to look at, you know, which companies are leveraged because those interest expenses are going to be kicking their ass too. So fuel obviously has fuel. come back up in the quarter, which has always been an issue. But interest rates, when you've got heavy leveraged companies like an RCL, they've got to pay those higher rates all of a sudden. So, I mean, that's going to hit them as well. So, I mean, that's a concern too. If demand destruction comes into play, Katie bar the door could get ugly. So RCL is getting hit hard here in the pre-market is now down 7% because nobody was projecting a loss out of this thing. Stock made a new high on the move there just yesterday, not high overall, but a high on the move up to $55. Now $45 just lost 10 bucks in two days. That's impressive. Uh, also uh, rising uh, wages. For the people yeah. that are working too, they're getting uh, all right. Well, we just uh, it's easy to wait to, to pick a level, we just hit uh, 4505 and haven't got much of a bounce yet. Uh, if you're interested in this and you see that you know you wish you would have had it at uh, 44 and a half, so I'll call it 4460. If in fact they take out the pre market low. Uh, there's a pair of lows from October right there, 44.51 and 76. Uh, after that, another buck drops down to 43.52. So that's uh, that's a, a bounce now. First things first, you know, taking out the pre-market low. This cannot be good for Carnival Cruise Lines. No. It's only down 20 cents, but... Uh, it spiked up too over nine bucks. So that got the it got the spike and now the drop. It looks like my there was minor support at eight fifty, but we've taken that out. And then the guy that got this guy or gal that got this rally started in NCLH with the upgrade. We go I keep talking about this, but uh, <laughs> this is the one and I think we talked about this maybe on at the close. You had this big, there's the, the fire, you know, the warning shot, the red candle on Tuesday, uh, follow through on Wednesday. So whew, I'd be careful. And this one, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to try and get this unchanged today. If I was, you know, I'd played this 11, 12, 13, you know, uh, uh, you know, level rally. Boy, oh boy. If this thing saw unchanged today, I think it'd be, uh, 
loaded loaded with salads unless it's just specific to royal caribbean i don't know but doesn't sound like it interest no. rate concerns are all leveraged yeah i'd sell them all it's just my opinion <laughs> I, it's just my opinion i have not been a fan of the cruise line you know, on this show for a long time I'm not, this is an insane this. rally in my opinion just a dumb rally dumb money buying up here my opinion i might be wrong Maybe everybody's going to continue to go on cruises, which might be the case. But if you get some demand destruction, they're not even talking about demand destruction. They're just talking about higher interest rates here. So, I mean, you get some demand destruction in there. Katie, bar the door. These things could all be in a world of pain. So, you know, there's not there's a non-zero chance. I already said this on Carnival Cruise Lines. There's a non-zero chance these things could all go bankrupt. So, not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it's possible. You know, CCL thirty dollars back in in May of 2021 got down to six bucks. I mean, it's eight, nine, whatever. I still think there's a possibility that they could all go bankrupt. Uh, you know what? Also, this is you got to be uh, your head on a swivel with uh, the airlines, right? Yeah, I, mean, uh, yeah. I was going to bring up American because they're uh, they got a union thing issue that's going on right now, and so does United. They're trying to uh, determine raises for pilots, and so right now, yesterday, that's why American Airlines got hit in the middle of the day. If you saw the intraday chart, you can see them get hit in the middle of the day. That's what happened there. Um, it was actually coming up towards that 1425 and did a hard turnaround on American Airlines. And that was on the union news. So it looks like, of course, price and wage inflation coming at the company. And even the raises that they offered were declined by the labor union. They want you know, more. This is, uh, it, you know, um, and polar opposite, like Delta. That guy, came, you know, the Delta guy came on with the earnings and he's like, Woohoo, man, we see demand, you know, picking up, picking up, and we see it picking up. We're going to beat our numbers. And I guess people are, I don't know. I'd be, you got to be cautious on, you know, on uh, these airlines here, too. That's a big move. 35 now down uh, under $32. 31 is where it broke out from. So maybe if you're looking to cover short or somehow try along, boy, how things have changed, man. And just, uh, you know, the last hour of the day, and then you get this kind of, uh, you, you get kind this kind of news coming out of it. Whew, what a, what a big turnaround in the market. We might hit that fifty percent retracement before the end of the show. Uh, we just made a new low on the the session, and not really trying to bounce yet. Thirty seven, thirty one, seventy five. So. There's people caught all over the place from yesterday. Just as much as you know, I went back to this GME example, but it just bag holds all the short term day traders too. So you get a whole new group of bag holders. That's why stocks like GME make new lows after break doing those you know breaks. Those are catching people. You know, when there's breakouts like, oh yeah, GME, let's squeeze them. AMC to the moon, AMC to the moon. And uh, no. Sorry, it just got caught again. Another sucker's rally here. AMC, $7.25, got up to that day. Now it's breaking down, making new lows. Holy mackerel, a fall from grace. APE is $1.71 now. AMC is five seventy two. So you add those two up, you're seven. Hey, Dennis, I got to interrupt you. We got so carried away with these airlines. I forgot about our guest, uh, CC Legator from Options AI. Uh, we get a little excited here on pre-market prep, CC. Uh, thanks for quietly, you're patiently waiting in the background. Uh, I, I talked to you yesterday, and you know, um, I just thought it would be a great day to have you on because – you know, we're going to see a change of volatility. We kind of had to rally and things kind of calmed down a little bit. People were leaning a little bit bearish and then kapow. So <laughs> let's get give you talk about the volatility, what's going on in the options market and what's yeah. being forecasted. Well, no, it's interesting with what you all were just talking about, like what Dennis was saying about, you know, just people being offsides. The options market seemed offsides yesterday as well and joel like when you and i were talking yesterday remember i was mentioning so i think the last couple of times i've come on i've i've sort of mentioned with these bear market rallies and these you know sort of 10 to 15 percent rallies which um dennis was talking about like it's a very predictable 50 percent retracement i mean that high we made the other day i mean it's like i mean it's a really kind of obvious trend line down right like from the prior bear market rallies so anyway, all this stuff starts to look predictable and or, 
you know, somewhat predictable. And the last couple of times I've been on, we've talked about what the what volatility has been doing. And it's also been quite predictable. I think the last time I was on, you know, vol was up in the 30s. And that tended to mark, you know, market lows during this, you know, the last six months or so. And then once it, you know, you all, I think, asked the question, well, when is it like on the other side? And it's like, well, it gets down like to the low 20s. And then all of a sudden we sell off again, right? And so something I couldn't figure out yesterday, which was kind of interesting, is into the Fed announcement. And then, oh, by the way, we have an election in a, a couple of weeks and or next week or whatever. And those haven't exactly gone smoothly lately. And so what ended up happening is because all of those big cap tech companies in particular reported last week, you know, you had, what was it, 25% of the market cap of the S&P just in those companies last week, um, you know, Vol had come in, the, the, the market rallied despite all those big moves lower by Amazon and Microsoft and all. And so Vol was like 24, the VIX was like 24, 25 going into this announcement with all of this uncertainty going in. And the fact that we had just done this obvious, you know, 10% rally. And what was interesting in that is Vol had come in, yet upside calls were really bid high. And I, I didn't, I don't know what that was. And so basically without getting too technical, you have this thing called skew in the options market, mm -hmm. right? And so you have like, if you talk about the volatility, the implied volatility of this stock is 25. It, people are generally talking about the act the money options, right? So if a stock's trading 100 and they say this is 25 vol, they're talking about the at the money and the VIX is, you know, pretty much the same way. It's not telling you a skew story. What skew is, is like which direction all of the order flow is pushing prices away, you know, like away from where the stock's trading, either to the downside or to the upside. And what happened a couple of, you know, leading up into this announcement is volatility was coming in, yet those upside calls were all still bid, right? Like people were buying those for some reason. I can't figure out, like, was that, you know, hedge funds, you know, hedging shorts going into the announcement? Was that retail totally caught off sides where they're like, all right, you know, he's going to be dovish and we're going to rip higher from here. And that was the bottom. I'm not sure, but it would, it provided a really good opportunity for, you know, what you all have been talking about this morning, which is, let's say you bought, you know, two weeks ago, you're riding these stocks higher for, you know, two weeks into this, you get your 50% retracement. Like that was an opportunity to be selling call spreads into those positions and all. Like you don't need to be exactly right at the, that this was the bottom and the bear market is over because you could be wrong. Um, you know, like you, you would have been wrong three or four times in a row now, but that doesn't matter if you're using those opportunities to do things like sell a call spread into your, you know, you know, your longs as it's going up into that announcement, because if you're wrong and those call buyers were right and that was it and that's the bottom and it's, you know, we're ripping higher forever. You know, you sell a call spread, you're just wrong on that like 3% or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that portion sold, of right? it. And then you're back in and you're participating again. What so, about the election? You you went, you were talking about uh, back in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and here we are less than a week uh, going into the election. Tell what you saw then and see if it will replicate itself in 2022. So it acted as this um, sort of, uh, you know, like it it keep it kept vol inflated all the way up into the election, no matter what else was going on in the market. You know, and you, you had this Fed announcement, you had all this earnings that you just happened. This election will keep vol bid for the next you know, week or so. Now, the one thing that was interesting is we had all of that drama after the last election. But if you look like the, the market and the options market figured it out like a way before CNN did, right? Like what, what that was, you know, like markets, it didn't, it was the markets were dismissing that drama and the options market immediately came down as soon as they were like, all right, this looks like a clean win. And, you know, so that's something to look out for is this will probably be the same way. There's going to be, you know, places where they're still counting votes like a week and a half from now, but the market will know. But it's, you know, for the next week, it's going to keep volatility bid. And we sold off, the market sold off into the last election and then rallied out of it, right? 
Yeah, they're talking that not knowing the results for uh, for quite some time after this one, and I think that 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 will not be good for the markets either. If there's no yeah, a, yeah, a clean, and then a, a yeah, and again, discussion. like there, there's a there's a an incentive for the news to sort of carry on that drama for as long as possible because it's like the only time I ever watch news, right? It's for the like, election. Yeah. So like the they've end. got me for as long as they can stretch that election out for, um, and then they know I'm gone. I mean, not me personally. But uh, yeah, so like, but the markets figure that out because it's real money at stake, right? And they can't be wrong. So they figure that that stuff out pretty quick. All right. So let's talk about some specific strategies here. Uh, a lot of stocks have come down a lot. We've seen uh, uh, the rotation. Looks like they're still coming down as we speak. Uh, so how, I'm looking at Amazon trading up a, a roaring 24 cents today. That's my uh, that's my big uh, my big gainer here. So uh, if you've been looking to buy this thing below 100, uh, it's well below 100 now. Uh, could you set something up, uh, you know, perhaps using, uh, you know, the VIX and some puts and some calls? Because, I mean, in this kind of market, I mean, if it goes up, you know, there's just so much overhead supply. It's not just going to rip up. So yeah. if you can get on something and get on the options, that decay uh, could work in your favor. So set something right. up for us in Amazon. Yeah, so there's a couple of, uh, you know, these some of these stocks are getting really interesting because, you know, they're. Amazon's been difficult to trade, you know, the last month, obviously, with that earnings report and the way it's acted the last couple of days. It looks terrible, right? Yeah. But that's a short term view. Obviously, at some point that, you know, this market is going to turn around and stocks like that, you're going to be like, I can't believe I had a chance to buy Amazon. At it's so X, oversold. Right? Like, one, everybody's going to turn around. Cece, to your point, one, two, three, four, five, six days. Yeah. Yeah. Amazon has lost 25% of its value in six yeah. days. This is one of the biggest companies in the world. Crazy. Like in 20 and years, in six we're all days, gonna... it lost 25% of its value. In 20 years, we're all going to be working for Amazon. We all know that, <laughs> right? So at some point, you're going to look back at these types of companies and you're going to be like, I cannot believe I saw that with an 80 handle and didn't buy it or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't I have no idea where this ends. So there's a couple of things. If you're playing for like a short term rally, like what, with what Dennis is pointing right there, that's like at some point that's a perfect opportunity for like a credit put spread, right? You don't have to get it exactly right. You don't have to get the day exactly right. But at some point that chart is going to bounce and that credit put spread is going to compress obviously from the delta, but then also the vol is going to fall as soon as it bounces, right? And then if you look at you're looking out you know a little bit longer term, like let's say, you know, if we're still talking about the Fed in like late December and January, like we're screwed, right? But at some point, you know, hopefully this starts to work and we get some inflation numbers that, you know, turn this market around. <clears throat> at that point, if your time horizon is to like, you know, buy a stock like Amazon and, you know, hope to see it up 25% next year, which is completely reasonable, right? If the market turned around yeah. or even more. So that's the kind of thing where, you know, this week when you're starting to see this thing trade down towards 90, um, you know, and you're starting to be like, all right, I have a six month time horizon. I want to buy this stock or, you know, whatever it is, you know, buy it, buy a little cheap put spread that allows you to basically not watch this thing every tick. Right. So let's say you bought this, you know, you bought Amazon near 90 and you're like, all right, in the next couple of weeks, how bad could this get? 80, 75, like who knows? Buy a put, buy a 90, 80 put spread for like $3 and just close, you know, and just don't, don't, and buy it out in like December or January or something like that. Then you're in your Amazon. You don't have to worry about it going lower. You pay like three bucks for that opportunity, you know, and you're long the stock and it could go higher. And, you know, you just don't have to watch it every tick, which is like a real problem in a market like this is you, you emotionally get off sides and then it trips you up and then you realize you were right, you know, three weeks later, if you had just sort of stayed the course. And that's sort of one of the ones where options really, you know, it can make, it can help you sleep at night. You can be scooping up stocks like this with a little bit, you know, I'm giving up 3% to um, basically sleep at night. So you see, this is such a great point. I mean, and sometimes, you know, I find even because I'm pure equities and I don't trade a lot of options anymore. You know, the shakeouts. I mean, oh. everybody thinks, oh, yeah, I was a short in stocks in 2022 and making money. 
yeah not that easy there has been wicked wicked bear market rallies here i mean even though the path on amazon has been straight down the overall trend there's been wicked rise from 110 to 140 you know from mm -hmm. it, there's along the way and i guess you know if you're playing options maybe you can hold better because you're obviously not seeing you know the movement that you are in the individual stock yeah and i look at it the same way that you are talking you know obviously if you're short-term in trading equities like going into that fed announcement it's like what you all were saying yesterday it's like you'd be crazy not to be taking money off the table here yeah and not only that but like powell has basically talked down the market each opportunity he's got you know yes, and yes. It, it was people were pointing out in the press conference he turned super hawkish when he got a question about how well the market was doing yesterday i don't know if you picked up on that yeah. so a reporter was essentially like yeah. You know, and he was like, oh, no, let me let me squash that one. Yeah. And so it was pretty predictable. And so at that point, if you're trading short term equities, you know, you're taking money off the table, you're doing things like that. If you're trading options, you're selling put spreads when the market's low and the VIX is 34. And then you're selling credit call spreads into it when it's after it's done that rally. And you kind of play in that accordion, you know, like what you would do in equities. And then if you're thinking longer term, then you're thinking, you know, all right, if, I, if I'm buying stocks, I should put in a couple of hedges for the next couple of months so I don't obsess over these positions. And then the other ways is you could create, you know, sort of options positions. This is kind of like a, a little bit of a leverage play, which, you know, obviously in a market like this isn't, isn't totally great advice. But like you can do like a call spread, for instance, in one of these stocks where you're buying a, a a pretty deep in the money call and then selling, you know, like an out of the money call and you're creating, you know, basically like a zone of, let's say like $25 in Apple or something. And you've got, you get your break even in the options close to where the stock is trading. And so it's essentially an equity position with a stop up top and, you know, like a, you know, a max gain level up top, but you're not giving up, you're not buying a ton of options premium, you know, when the VIX is 32 or whatever. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today, CC. Of yeah. course, I'm going to go ahead and also include the link here to Options AI. If you guys want to go ahead and check out a great graphical representation, and especially if you like options and you get confused on some of these other platforms, definitely rec recommend you check out Options AI. So appreciate you coming on, CC. Yeah. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, still just hanging out near the lows of the session, 37, 30, 50. I don't have anything down there for you, folks. Uh, we talked about the 50% retracement. Uh, I wish there was a daily low in that I, area. I, think I want to just clarify here. I think as a trader, you're probably looking for buying opportunities here today. So because it's such a wicked fall so fast, we just fell. Like, I'm, I'm not coming in selling stocks right okay, here. Okay, yeah. We literally just fell 180 S&P points in an hour plus the after hours. <laughs> if you're selling stocks right now, you're absolutely doing it backwards. So I'm trying to just, you know, from yesterday, as we, which we were absolutely correct. Sometimes we're wrong on the show. But we said, you know, yesterday I'd be selling stocks ahead of the Fed meeting. Absolutely correct. I'm probably rebuying those stocks that I sold. I mean, My I question. probably would be coming in and, and looking at that 50% retracement, which is around 369 on the SPY, 370, and saying, yeah, I'm going to nibble into some stocks here today. I mean, stocks are, are just as much as they were maybe overbought yesterday. They just became oversold in the short term. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, is the worst behind us? I don't think so. I'm still with Money Mitch, and I think eventually we can make new lows. So I'm not really doing that much, you know, and, and, and going to be grabbing a whole bunch of stuff in my long-term account. But as a trader here, I'd be bringing in shorts today. If I was short this market, this is a windfall. Two-day windfall here. Wouldn't surprise me if this market went green. Wouldn't surprise me if this market went green today. Now, what type of stocks are you looking for on that balance It all is going to move together is now. Is it Mitch, more value, VIX, growth? What doesn't even matter because VIX just spiked. So they're all going to move together. If you look in this morning, everything is red. Value, growth, cats and dogs living together in harmony. I mean, this is what happens when the VIX starts to elevate. All the stocks start to move together. So everything's getting hit here this morning. I mean, we have the earnings stocks, but if there's no news on your stock, it's down here today. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Coca-Cola's trading down. I'm looking, you know, at obviously, you know, the banks are all trading down. I'm looking at the tech stocks all trading down. What about so a... I think I think on the pullback here, I'm not buying Roku. You know, <laughs> I'm avoiding news. But I mean, if you're looking at a Qualcomm, I think it's an opportunity here today. I think Qualcomm, PE is nine. 
fits that description of lower multiple stocks that we've been looking for. A little bit of dividend protection, not a lot, because we're you know obviously in a higher rate environment. China but today. I'd buy a stock like Qualcomm today. Oh, what about HubSpot? Oh no, Datadog. I wanted to get into. Let's do Datadog. Uh, they had their earnings and they got hit. The it, what really wasn't that bad, at least on the top numbers. Let's talk about it really quickly. Um, looking for the banner, but I'll just give it to you guys. Q3 EPS, 23 cents, beating the 16 cent estimate. Sales at 436.53 million, beating the 412.8 million estimate. Now they did adjust their EPS, um, but they see full year revenue actually on the higher end, adjusted EPS towards 90 cents on the low end, 92 cents on the high end versus the 79 cent estimate for full year 22. Um, now where things get a little bit off is for Q4 22 revenue, but it's just in between. They just give a bigger range in between their estimate. Uh, I, I, I don't are think they making money? <laughs> Did they make money? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Not not much, but they make it. They're making there. So they're profitable here. Oh, boy. This is Man, you just got a stock making new lows overall. I mean, it's rallied up here, so you get a little relief pop here. But I'm just looking, you know, overall trend is absolutely not your friend. We're way off the highs. We were $82 after hours. We've come down here. These are not the stocks I'm looking for. So to clarify, Mitch, to your previous question... <laughs> You can't just buy anything here. I'm looking I for that was value common. stocks, value stocks, <laughs> reasonable valuations that I think are going to hold up better. Qualcomm, the, yes. Data dog pass. What about the oil <laughs> stocks? Marathon Oil reporting today, and uh, they gave their EPS, of course, the dollar twenty-four, beating the dollar nineteen estimate. Sales at two point two five billion, beating the two point zero two billion estimate. They did do an uh, acquisition though for three million. The Eagle Ford assets of Ensign National Natural Resources for three billion dollars. What do you think about? Uh, they all move together, so you don't even need to know the earnings. The, you know, for a few seconds, there, you know, for a few minutes, they seem to trade on their own earnings, and they realize they just trade off of oil prices here. Oil's mm -hmm. just run too far for me now. I mean, the stock was twenty-two to thirty in a month, so you're talking about a stock that's went up thirty percent in a month. I've never made a lot of money buying stocks that are up 30% a month. So um, it's ran too far. I've missed the trade. I don't know if I necessarily short it, but I'm not buying it up here. Watch out here on this one. I mean, if somehow it rallies into the 31 handle, that's been a major resistance area. Three out of the last five highs. Sellers came down yesterday uh, to 30.86. And then also on this one, I would look both ways. If uh, if it doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, if it doesn't hold this 29.50 area, that's three out of your last four lows. I'm not going to pay any attention to these two other lows here. Uh, but you've had a one, two, three, four, five, six day trading range. You've had the earnings, not much of a pop. I'd look for some downside here uh, if uh, if 29.50 is breached. All right, I see the chat. Uh, they mentioned uh, Crocs. Crocs did report today uh, beat on EPS, also beat on sales. What do you guys feel about the Crocs? I'd sell the rally. I'd never buy one. <laughs> But that's just my message. They're cool shoes. I got holes in them. That's all good. I mean, I've never totally got the story, but the valuation's always been reasonable. It's still a reasonable valuation here. So mm. there's probably better shorts out there, but I'm selling stocks into rips. And here's a little bit of a rip. Yeah, this one, you're kind of in no man's land. Top of yesterday's range is 71.49. So, you know, if you're going to get excited about this one, you did spike over, over 72 in the pre-market. Stop three and a quarter. If the bulls want to do something with this stock, then they got to get over the 7149 in a jiffy. Uh, and then things open up on the upside. I think people are just going to be more, uh, you know, a little bit cautious on these earnings plays today. S&Ps are still sinking. Uh, if they start to, wow, this thing got to 66.60 yesterday. This is a volatile puppy here. Uh, but their major support is 65 to 66. So see what happens with Crocs. S&P is continuing the leak here. Uh, and now in the 37.20 handle. All right, I'll just call out a stock because I'm just calling, trying to change it up here, different value play now. What about a stock like General Mills? It's had a two-day pullback, three-day pullback, actually, from the highs. 
Is this kind of more of the value names up up the play today, Dennis? Which stock you're looking at? Uh, General Mills. Yeah. GIS. GIS is not value. GIS is a very expensive stock, actually. Last time I looked, oh. what's the P on this thing? Let me take a look. With the I think they're over twenty. Had. Yeah, it's probably with the. I, yeah, it's just because it's defensive, so it does. It actually holds up well. People eat more cereal during a recession, so it holds you need up well. Cereal. It's I got need my frosted it's, flakes. It's got that, but GIS, I wouldn't consider a value stock. What's the P on this puppy? Twenty-two. Uh, Nineteen. Guessing. 1920 not cheap you know it's a market multiple but it's a stock that's going to hold up well during a recession again if they come for stocks this is you know i'd rather own cash i'll say this i'd rather own cash than general mills i'd rather own cash at four and a half five percent yield than general mills at 2.71 tina trade actually in the long run could hurt this thing the only reason it continues to make new highs is that everybody thinks we're going to recession people are going to eat more cereal so i get the defensive nature of it but if you want to be defensive why not own cash? I'd rather own cash in general. No. 78.50. That's a level you just got to keep an eye on. Hit 78.66. Got a nice pop off that inner day low, kind of unlike the market. But uh, like it above uh, 78.50. Uh, pair of lows in that area. And today, I mean, these are two, you know, you're, you're going to see selling. I mean, you had these three days to sell on strength and two days of selling on weakness. So I think you're going to see some offer. I could see people, you know, we stacking at 80 here. Yeah. We blew through 80. We went to 82, but like, Hey, you know, I didn't get my 80, all my 82s off here. Missed the 81 yesterday. Uh, so I'm leading on, uh, leading on that as resistance. So, all right, guys, uh, good show today. We covered a lot of stuff. I'm going to hop out and uh, triple D I'll, I'll check in with you at uh, the top of the hour. I think still the way, yeah, see you, Joel. I'm just approaching this market same way I've been approaching the market all year, selling rips, buying dips. As much as I felt like selling the rip yesterday, I kind of feel like buying the dip today. Am I a day early? Maybe. Uh, But we just sold off significantly. So I want to see some stabilization, though. So I'm not just coming in on the open and saying, rah, rah, you can get that opening flush. But I got that 369, 370 in my head. I start to see a stabilize there and start to see some leaders start to turn. I mean, we are seeing a little bit of leadership here today. A couple of the mega cap techs are not down much, but they've been so beat up. I mean, Amazon's in the green. Meta has just been going down every single day forever. I mean, these stocks at a certain point in time are going to have a bear market rally because they're just so oversold. I mean, Meta was $130 seven days ago. It's 90 bucks. I mean, Apple even has been sold off substantially since its earnings. I mean, everybody had to jump in and buy, oh, yeah, Apple. Back to all-time highs. No, it's not. Rug pull. $157 four days ago. It's 141 all the way right back down. That great report that everybody talked about, which wasn't so great, has given it all back and then some. So I look here and think I'm, I got a lot of stocks that are oversold. So if I'm getting bearish now, absolutely doing it backwards. So I'm going to stick with you know buying dips here. Looking for dips to buy, like the Qualcomm. I say I'm going to be watching the leaders uh, because if the leaders can't turn around, I don't think this market will turn around either. Yep, for so sure. Watch the leaders. Be- they start uh, Amazon, like I said, is green here this morning. So if you can yeah. see some of the mega cap tech start to turn around, we could potentially turn it around here. But right now, it's a sell first, ask questions later market. They're all, as much as they had to buy stocks yesterday, they have to sell them today. Everybody is dumb in the market. They all do it backwards. You know, everybody talks on CNBC. They're all dumb too. Consider it's like when I'm driving a car. I consider everybody on the road around me. You know, <laughs> I, that's why I drive safe. I think everybody else is dumb, and I'm always driving cautious and that's making how sure it is. somebody pulls out in front of you. You know, you're always playing. You know, keep your distance. You know, playing it that way. That's the way I play the market. To consider everybody dumb around me, and then you know, and and if because if you go in this with these efficient market hypothesis theory, you know, you won't even be trading stocks. It's not true. Majority of money out there is dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. So there's lots of different opportunities. So I'm on. I'm, just a contrarian at heart. I'm a contrarian at heart. So when I see, you know, a sell off 200 S&P points or 190 S&P points now since yesterday at two o'clock, I think, what can I buy? I don't think anybody's going to question your risk adverseness. So appreciate it. Like always, Dennis, giving us the insight of what you're looking into. Go do what you do best, my friend. Get to okay, that Okay, see you, money, Mitch. See you, chat. Great job today, guys. Go get them.
Have a good day, Dennis. We'll get you over now to live trading. Of course, we got Benzinga TV. It starts with live trading. Then, of course, you'll have AB, Benzinga Live, and then stock market movers. I'm excited to talk to analysts today, especially on the FOMC meeting. So if you want to get some expert opinions on what they feel really is going to be coming down the line now, come over. And you guys know me. I ain't going to take it easy on them if they were thinking that there was a pause. So come check out Stock Market Movers later today. That's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern every single day. Don't miss that show. Now let's get you over to live trade and hit the thumbs up. If you guys appreciate the way that we do things here at Benzinga and, of course, pre-market prep, one of the things that we're always trying to do is show you both sides of the coin so you can make your investment decisions. That's what it's all about here. Now let's bring you over to Benzinga TV and we'll start it up with some live trading action. Come join. You don't got to go anywhere. This will t redirect you right over.